0: Honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion hosted on the sportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey A. Timberwolves Explosion is available on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board once again today. As the Timberwolves indeed went two and two last week. Not bad. Um, nice to have things heading a slightly better direction. At least you have a 500 week didn't like the way uh, certain games went like uh, the Utah game and the Washington game very winnable uh, the wolves could have won all four of these games maybe 3 of them for sure but oh man uh i don't know just things just didn't things just didn't work out and we'll talk about that right about now we'll start with the Washington game Friday January the 6th the wizards win 112 to 105 in a game andrew wiggins was fantastic he played more like andrew wiggins he, the way he was supposed to attack in the rim making spectacular dunks, one of them from the baseline. I couldn't believe it. It was Dominique-esque, and you're going to hear that name a couple times on the show today for good and bad reasons regarding uh, our buddy uh, uh, (laughs) Andrew Wiggins. You're also going to hear about Brendan Rush a little bit for the first time in a while, as Rush got a little burn in this game, making all all four of his shots 10 points off the bench. I hope the Wolves keep him in the games from now on. That would be nice, and we've heard that Frequently on flips army from multiple people out there, including Dre over there. Uh, talking about Brandon Rush needs to get some burn. And yeah, he's 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 a solid veteran for this team. <clears throat> and he was definitely good against the Houston Rockets when he had to start in the game. Not a bad lineup, actually, when you think about it. But yeah, I know. I know the Zach lovers aren't gonna like to hear that. Uh, Zach Levino didn't kind of invisible this week. Uh, three of fourteen from the floor in the Washington game and a hip injury definitely emerges as we continue (laughs) during the course of time here. Definitely uh, not quite at this game. Carl Anthony Towns, solid in the game, but Andrew Wiggins, just awesome. Um, 30 shot attempts he was feeling at the whole game. 41 points. The unfortunate thing, though, very one-dimensional again. um, Yes, he did get a couple steals, couple assists, only one rebound in the game where you could probably use him a little more rebounding. You could have certainly used a lot better defenses. It seemed like John Wall was embarrassing the Wolves time and time again, faking them out and you saw uh, cutters getting to the basket like Marcen Gortat, who had no business making all nine of his field goals. And they weren't shots, folks. They were just driving to the basket and then easy passes from John Wall. Yeah, okay, they're good passes. He went up with 18 in the game and everything. But he, the defense, I mean, the, constantly, the Gorgie Jengs, the Carl Anthony Townses, or whoever, whoever needed to switch over to Gortat, even for a second, just switch at times. Was left wide open, and he was able to get all nine of his points, or all nine of his field goals, 19 points, 10 rebounds in the game. Gortat, I, I've, I've always liked him, but it was too easy for him in this game, and that's what cost the Wolves down the stretch. John Wall embarrassing the Wolves time and time again, and, and one late, which drove me nuts. Of course, you get the pounding the chest. Yeah, we're happy for you. Okay, you know, and it's just me getting competitive and pissed off watching that. I, It's annoying, you know, and and you wish... You didn't have to see that. You wish the Wolves could have played a little better defense, a little smarter, and if you're going to follow the guy... Keep, keep just wrap his arms up a little bit so he doesn't get the ball in. Stuff like that. Drives you absolutely crazy. Uh Gorgie Zhang strong in the game. Also made a nice pass to Andrew Wiggins. Uh it could have been an alley-oop but it wasn't meant to be, I suppose. Wiggins still ended up with the stuff though. And I love the aggressiveness from Andrew Wiggins. Of course you got a lot of the jump shooting and you're always gonna get that from him. But this was the Andrew Wiggins I think he could be if he would be a little more consistent. And you wind up with forty-one points in the game in that process. That's good. The bad news is, again, the defense. Just wide-open cutters. Backdoor passes, backdoor plays, time and time again, and that costs the Wolves, and of course, giving up the three-point shot like they always do. 12 of 22 from the outside, from the Washington Wizards. 55% from the floor. That's not going to get it done. No, it, it really isn't going to get it done at all. And, uh, well... That's the Achilles heel for the Timberwolves forever. And I've been talking about that forever. I don't need to go back into it again. If you're new to the show, maybe listen back to some of the previous episodes because I've been talking about it for years, years, (laughs) many years, not the last two years. We're talking the last, you know, since I started the podcast in 2008. Yeah. Timberwolves Explosion is as old a Timberwolves podcast as there's ever been on this planet. It's pretty much the original one that's ever existed. Maybe a couple popped up with one or two episodes here and there, but okay. This one's got quite a few more episodes in the, in, in the bag in the last eight, nine years now. So I don't know. I'm not trying to brag, of course. Um, and I'm not feeling my best, so please forgive the uh, funky voice. I'm getting better, but this it's like the later stages of the cold when your voice gets funky. You know that? Yeah, it's kind of annoying. At least you can breathe, though. At least I can breathe now. Bradley Beal killed the Wolves from the outside. Otto Porter, half of his three, three of six, all that. But again, John Wall, the story of the night, along with Andrew Wiggins, the story of the night for the Wolves. Earl Anthony Towns playing more like Carl in this game. You didn't see him standing out on the three-point line as much. He attempted two threes, and of course, he missed them both because he just, I don't know, I mean, it's not his shot, but at least we're down to two threes. We'd like to believe it's his shot, and maybe it could be here and there, but <laughs> not all the time. Again, maybe two attempts a game. we, we got to really re- reduce that, and you saw that this time around. So, okay, that's good, but again, the defense, bad. Andrew Wiggins attacking the basket, great. Really nice to see. Um, he still made more than, half, more than half of his shots, 16 of 30, but usually when you attempt 30 shots, you're hoping he's going to make maybe like 18 of them, but okay, or 20 of them, but ah, close enough. Great game by Andrew Wiggins. I can't complain too much. On the offensive end. On the defensive end, not 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 doing, man. Not doing and really frustrating continuously throughout the game. Talk about frustration, though. Saturday, January the 7th, a game against the Utah Jazz. I mean, I don't know. Who likes the Utah Jazz out there? Does anybody like this franchise? It, uh, you just look at them and you're like, oh, not. Uh, you're just sick of looking at them. They're a good team, though. Um, 23-15, they win the game ninety two or excuse me, 94-92 which uh, does not tell the story at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> close game for the longest time, back and forth. Carl Anthony Towns, which I talked about, needed to be big in the game, and he was pretty good. Zach uh, Levine always plays well against the Jazz, but not as sharp as, you, as you'd as you like to see. Overall, a defensive battle. You saw a lot of missed shots on both sides of the floor. 41% for Utah, 40, almost 44 for the Wolves. Zach Levine, only 3 of 9. From the outside, not just not his game in that category, but still a strong performance. I thought he outplayed everybody pretty much, other than Carl and Rudy Gobert. A very nice matchup between those two, like I always expect. Got a shot blocked about a trillion times, which is extremely frustrating, and that hurt his field goal percentage. Did Carl, and of course he probably would have led the team in scoring if not for that. The long arm of the law when it comes to Rudy Gobert: four blocks in the game. He's a, he's a hell of a, he's a hell of a shot blocker, boy. And he's a good defensive player. And that's the Utah Jazz. Good defense. George Hill, always always dangerous from the outside. he You know, even in a game when he wasn't that great, he still wound up with 19 points, 7 assists, and even 5 rebounds. He's he, he's one of those guys, you just don't come into the game thinking, oh, oh, God, Jordan Hill. Or George Hill. I just called him Jordan Hill, sorry. George Hill. Like, who the hell is that? Eh, whatever. And you used to say that with the Spurs. You'd say that with Indiana. You'd say that with uh, Utah, and he's really stepped up with Utah, boy. Even better than with the Spurs and stats. Of course, with the Spurs, he's not going to get a ton of playing time back in the day, but still, yeah. oh, bummer, man. Um, he, he made the shots he needed to. This Utah team and their gosh darn defense could drive you absolutely up the wall. The Wolves, after a very strong third quarter, as you like to say, bleep the third quarter all the time, a 10-point third quarter. The Wolves came into the, came into the fourth with a nice, solid lead. Things were going well for a long time. And in the final three minutes or so, with the Wolves leading by 11. Yeah. Yeah. The Wolves end up losing the game. The Wolves end up lead, uh, leading by 9, pardon me. I'm going crazy. Utah Jazz go on an 11 0 run. Un- unbelievable. And the Wolves lose the game uh, after all the effort. Strong game by the Wolves. Nice defense. You, you like the defense. And again, me and Hank had a long discussion about Tom Thibodeau and all that and the progress of the team and this and that. Games like this left me really upset, really ranting. Like, why why are these guys playing so stupid? Like, it wasn't just the fact that Utah's defense was good. It was more of the selection of shots from the Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine and such. Andrew Wiggins continuously likes to force up weak, long two-point shots. He can hit a turnaround fadeaway, but you don't want to do it all the time. You're not Michael Jordan at 32. When Michael was 32, he had that shot down beyond belief and better than anybody. And plus, he was Michael Jordan, right? Andrew Wiggins is 21. You can shoot that shot sometimes, but if that's like the only shot you're going to do rather than be aggressive and attack the basket, and if you're going to miss the free throws when you do get to the charity stripe, which he did again multiple times, especially when you needed it most and during that late run in the game in that fourth quarter... 3 of 7 from the line, unacceptable for me, I couldn't stand it, and luckily Carl, only two 3-point attempts again. game, good. Um, but the shot selection from the Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levines of the world, and even Ricky Rubio, not the shot selection, but decision making, down the stretch in this game, were unacceptable to me, and that's what led me to a huge rant, when <laughs> kind of back and forth, well, me and uh, Hank McCoy, it wasn't a fight. It was more of just like, this is unacceptable. I, I can't take it anymore. I, I started losing it. Um, I got some responses, not negative ones, more of like, just, hey, it's all the Wolves' fault, blah, blah, blah. And I was cursing out about the Utah a little bit, just how frustrating they are to watch and the freaking defense and everything. But, uh, but... Um, Mostly, yeah, we'll we'll talk more with Hank McCoy and the fan interaction, of course, the courtside podcast. We'll talk about that in the third segment as well. Um, But again, the poor shot selection. And it's like this kind of decision making shouldn't be happening for a team that is well coached. If you're well coached, you shouldn't see this type of stupid decision making. We can talk about their youth all we want. They're 21. I get that. And we're going to be hearing about that when they're 22. And we're going to be hearing about that when they're 23. Eventually, okay, that needs to stop. We don't need to hear that about that anymore. And we need to start seeing smarter decision-making. And that can fall partially on the coach. Sometimes players are unteachable. I think sometimes Jabhat Muhammad is a little bit of unteachable to him when he just continuously gets offensive fouls. And sometimes it's like, that's oh, just who he is, and he's big. he's a big guy, and... When he hits people, it's obvious, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. A, a lot of that's poor decision-making and low IQ. Zach Levine's, you know, decision-making on the final play was sickening. But not, not even that. I mean, just time and time again, Rubio, I don't know what he was thinking in some of these plays. Yet at the same time, <sighs> you, you, you had a jump ball situation. Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert. The ball's tipped. Belita just falls over. I don't know what happened there. Ridiculous. Luckily, Zach Levine recovers the ball. Thank God in heaven, and he just holds the ball. And of course, the Wolves trail by two at this stage. After Utah had taken the lead for the first time in forever, yeah, and I mean forever since long, long in the first ha- the first half. <laughs> Zach Levine just holds onto the ball forever, and then oh crap! What am I thinking? Launches a long two, and what happens? Of of course, it misses, and the Wolves lose the game. And it's an 11-0 run to end things. And it's like, oh, well, Utah's so good, and blah, blah, blah. Derek Favors, nice game. And, yeah, he was okay. Not not the greatest game ever. Seemed like a really nice guy in the little interview at the end of the game there with Marnie Gilner. <laughs> nice see? seems like a cool guy. I, I wouldn't mind bringing him on the show one day, you know, just, just because, you know, just to have him on, maybe if the Wolves are going to play the jazz or something, who knows? I, I got to get guests on here sometime, especially if things, things uh, change a tiny bit, a little teeny changes in the model of the show. One of these days, one of these days, that's just hints that could happen eventually. Um, but this was an extremely frustrating game that really got me going. It it really did. Um, just idiotic decision-making down the stretch and you only went up with 92 points in a game you probably should have scored 100 i mean just you know just we should have been able to parallel with this jazz team in the, at the end there in that fourth quarter and we couldn't get it done at all uh, it's one thing if you give up a few points in that fourth quarter but to just kind of stop scoring make stupid ass decisions and make an horrible defense in a game when you played good defense the whole game you just let them score on you when it when it matters most uh, just sickening the fact that you can't finish in a situation like that, it bothered the hell out of me. And it bothered a lot of people. There was a lot of ranting on the uh, the Flips Army page on the Facebook there, too. <sighs> and I don't blame a soul for it. Not one. But luckily, things get a little better after this. Thank God in heaven. Dallas Cowboys come to town with Dak Prescott. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Des Bryant. Yep, yep, Des Bryant. And then you have Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, no, not quite. Dallas Mavericks aren't quite as good as they used to be. Like, they used to be the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys used to be the Mavericks, you know, years ago. Not so good, like what the Mavericks are now, so to speak. You you get what I'm saying? And I talked about extensively, this is a game Carl Anthony Towns needs to play very well if the Wolves are going to win. Harrison Barnes just dominated, and he's the leading scorer for the Mavericks, and he looked like it. Uh, 4 of 5. i got to stop snapping my lips. I apologize. That's irritating. It's irritating me. Uh, 4 of 5. From three-point range from Harrison Barnes, a very strong overall performance. He, he he's got a little bit of Andrew Wiggins one-dimensional in his game too, which is probably kind of which is kind of funny. I get a kick out of that. Um, old one-dimensional himself showed up in this one again. Andrew Wiggins five eleven from the floor, only thirteen points, and again the long twos. Poor shot so just you know, it's it's not even if it's poor shot selection, it's just weak, man. And it's not him; it's not who he needs to become. And we're going to talk about that in the Houston game, especially because I see things about this guy that he could be somebody really special. A name that I've mentioned multiple times. He could be the next version of that guy, the modern version, which usually isn't as good as the original. But sometimes, some some uh, sometimes you uh, approach it in a strong way but whatever. Carl Anthony Towns and Ricky Rubio really leading the way here, and I said Ricky Rubio, didn't I? Yeah. Ricky Rubio and Carl Anthony Towns with those little plays, kind of just going to the basket, give and go type of plays, kind of a pick and roll screen plays, mostly screen plays, just awesome. Uh, Carl, high field goal percentage, even made two of three from three-point range, but again, only three three three-point attempts. It's improving. Carl, It's becoming the identity he is supposed to be. Now it's Andrew's turn. And Carl needs to continue this. He needs to be consistent in this matter. Attacking the basket and playing close to the basket. If it's a jump hook, which I'm not a huge fan of, but he's really good at it. He's not like Heckovich, where it bounces out half the time or or more than half the time. It like drove me absolutely nuts because that's all he had. When you saw great post moves against Tim Duncan in the past. Uh, from Nikola Pekovic. Spectacular moves, and all of a sudden it just vanished off the face of the earth, and all you saw were those jump hooks. Could, could of course, have to do with ankle injuries and such over the course of his career. I'm sure that destroyed any mobility Pekovic had, and that's why the guy is probably going to retire soon uh, at some point. Maybe he'll be a, a tradable asset for that uh, reason, for cap space, for another team, something like that. We'll find out, kind of like Terrell Bryan was years ago, many, many years ago, and that's how we got well take that as good or bad. I don't know. I don't even know if that was good or bad at the end of the day. (laughs) No, I don't know. But Carl, again, Carl was Carl Anthony Towns. He was his identity. And he blocked Dirk Nowitzki in the game. That was cool to see. Dirk slow out of the gate. He actually was a minus 20 in the game, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Because he played well, actually. Very slow out of the gate. The old bones, the old joints and muscles kind of slow to go. Kind of like when it's below zero like it is right now. And it is below zero Fahrenheit, Vince, and Hank. Yeah, that's cold. And, and and others in Australia. That's cold. <laughs> um and New Zealand, of course. To Nate Brown. God, I, yeah. How, how could I not shout out to him? Hello, right? <laughs> and I missed the, I missed the Collins, man. Please come back, please, please. E- even if it's once in a while, even if it's one once a month. I mean, that's way more than nothing. But Dirk, slow to go. Couldn't get the engine running. You got to get it started and all that. And then it got started by the third, by the late in the second into the third. He started scorching the net. He started making nice plays again, and he made half of his threes—five of ten. Very silky smooth. Twenty-six points from the old man, thirty-eight-year-old Dirk Nowitzki. Sad to see him getting old, but hey, still he still got it, man. And that's what us old men got sometimes. Uh, Zach Levine and Wesley Matthews. Wow, um, I thought this was going to be a fun matchup to watch. No, it, it was a nothing. It was an absolute nothing. And that's good. It helped the Wolves cause because one of seven from Wesley Frickin Matthews, only two points in the game. <laughs> Didn't even get to the free throw line in 37 minutes, two points from Wesley Matthews. That's not going to get it done in target center, even though the Wolves aren't a great team yet. When the possibility exists, they will be at some point. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of seven, only two points from Wesley Matthews. That guy's going to torch the hell out of us. But, it, but Zach Levine also, this is when he incurred the hip injury. Doggone it. Uh, a contusion, as Marcus likes to say. Very versatile performance from him, even though he didn't shoe well at all. And his shot is not the same right now. Hopefully he can get it back pretty soon. And that would be great. It would be necessary, to be quite honest. But um, Shabazz Muhammad and Ricky Rubio... And Carl Anthony Towns, kind of the great combination with those, Shabazz cutting to the basket, making nice dunks multiple times. He was a plus 17 in the game, which is tops of any player in the entire game. He was out there during those fun runs with the Wolves. The Wolves led by quite a bit in the second quarter. It dwindled into the third, and then they kind of took over in the fourth. The Wolves ultimately win the game, 101-92, which I really didn't even mention, as they paralleled with a uh, Dallas team, which isn't that good right now. Berea didn't make a single shot in the game. That's not going to help either. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny when you think about it. Boy, all these guys that used to hurt us. Seth Curry made half his shots, though. Rutro, There's the next Steph Curry. No, not quite. Um thirty minutes and that's all you get from him too. That's not that good either. Uh Dallas, obviously, hopefully hopefully in their case will get a little bit more going on. Tyus Jones made all of his shots during the game. You gotta like to see that. Seven points off the bench. And I think again, that's what he could be. He was better than Chris Dunn. I mean, Dunn was not good. He was shaky with four turnovers in the game, not making his shots, not 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 that good. He's kind of taken a step back a bit, but Tyus Jones, strong in the short amount of time he got to play uh Carl and Ricky definitely the story in this game though without a doubt got to love what you see uh Rubio making nice bounce passes nice nice court vision and that's what you get when Rubio is on his game and that's good that's where Rubio's <laughs> trade value or just uh in team value as you keep him like keep him that's where his value as a starter is still very strong very over very strong overall performance of Rubio even adding five steals which uh, lots of people do, do say is an overrated Sad because it can be great to get turnovers, takeaways, but sometimes it's overrated. It doesn't mean you're a good defender. It just means you're a ball hawk, and that's good. Thank you for the ball hawking. Great, strong performance for Carl. Way to play up to your identity. Absolutely, positively. And you'll see the same thing Wednesday, January the 11th. The Monday game was January the 9th against Dallas. 119-105 against Houston. Who who won the game though? Was it Houston or the Wolves? Yeah, that that Houston won, right? 119-105, that's Houston, right? No, the Wolves won. That's right. You you know they did. Yeah, you know they did, right? No, yeah, they did. I won't say you know they did, but they did. Uh Wiggins very strong first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen points in the first. I appreciated it. Very strong overall. But let's talk about this now. Let's talk about this now. Um or should I wrap it up or should I talk more about Carl and Rubio again and Shabazz? Just oh, same thing as last game, basically. This was a very close game for the longest time. I thought the Wolves were gonna lose, actually. I thought they were. Uh lots of physical chippy play, especially I hate James Harden. God, I hate that guy. Oh, he's always complaining, he's always calling crying and bitching and moaning, and he's always gotten an attitude. I, I hate the guy, man. Just like just like the others, and I know I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I I don't mean to hate everybody in the NBA that's a star player. But some of them got a bad attitude, man. And I think Harden's another one, even though he's a great player, yes. Uh, Luckily, he was sloppy down the stretch, and the Wolves took over. But for the longest time, I thought the Wolves, there's no way they're going to win this game. Um, Chippy play and a foul called mistakes going on, and Chris Dunn jams the ball down gets called for technical, which is kind of surprising. I was like, oh, no, they're going to call him for that. And they did, because you can't slam a ball down like that. (laughs) But Carl and Ricky Rubio in that th- late in that third quarter, when it looked for the longest time, there's like when is when is Houston just gonna pull away and win this game? Because they're going especially after a stupid Nene and his stupid halftime ending shot, uh halftime shot there where he made it like from far out, and of course you had to see it replayed 15 times. That's great. Okay, sure. People make shots at the buzzer sometimes. You know what? That's great. Let's move on. I don't want to see him make that shot anymore. <laughs> He's on the other team, damn it. Ugh. Rubio did not shoot well but he got to the free throw line he was very aggressive and he wound up with 17 assists in the game. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's literally what they sounded like. You know like a dime dun 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 dun, you know the little gold coins in Mario. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Great uh, again screen passes with Carl kind of slashing to the basket as Carl is cutting to the basket, Rubio cutting to the basket. Just great plays, and then spectacular bounce passes, back-to-back plays of Shabazz Muhammad from a long distance. Those are the Magic Johnson passes that you love, those those spectacular long bounce passes way down the court that Magic Johnson used to make. Rubio has that ability on occasion, and okay, yes, he does have the ability when the chemistry's there and when the energy's there and everything, and Shabazz Muhammad is continuing his strong play, 20 points in this one. He was the Lone Wolf Award, excuse me, the Elf Wolf Award winner last week. It's going to be two guys this week, and you might have an idea who it could be. Maybe. Maybe. Um, (laughs) uh, One guy's going to dominate over the other, though, and that's, yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns definitely, uh, again, keeping his identity. He missed all three of his three-point attempts, but for the most part, stayed down low and got lots of rebounds. Sloppy a bit in the game on occasion, and that was more in the earlier stages when things were not going well. Wiggins strong early, and then he had a couple of nice finishes late in the game. Later in the game, but Carl and and Rubio kind of took over and helped the Wolves wrap things up. Also, again, no Zach Levine and Brandon Rush made half of his shots. All of the baskets he made were three-pointers, four of seven from beyond the arc, and he was solid defensively in the game. That's right, 36 minutes even from Brandon Rush as a starting shooting guard, and he was good. He was good, and a lot of people think maybe if you need more production off the bench, keep this lineup and have Zach play several minutes off the bench. Maybe. A lot of people want the Wolves to do that. Um, Putting Andrew on the bench, I think, is no solution, where I think Zach still would be the same guy off the bench for the most part. We'll see. Um, But at bare minimum, at bare minimum, Brandon Rush needs more minutes. More veteran play out there. He's smart, he's solid, and there it is. He even added three assists and three rebounds in those in that time. It's not a spectacular game, but it's very, very, very solid, and he made his shots. I mean, there you go. And, of course, some of those 17 assists were nice passes for spot-up jumpers from Brandon Rush. You don't need to make spectacular plays all the time. Just make your gosh-darn shots, that's all. And that's what Brandon Rush does, and it was really nice to see. Cool. Maybe we'll see more and more out of Brandon Rush down the stretch. Let's get to my take on Andrew Wiggins and wrap this segment up with the awards. Andrew Wiggins, here we go. He has the talent and the ability to be a Dominique Wilkins type of player. Go ahead, laugh, call me crazy, but that spin move, the athleticism, and even when he's when his shot is on, Dominique's shot later, later in his career, later in his career, was silky smooth, and it still had him averaging 29 points a game. But an, earlier in his career, before the Achilles injury, especially in 92, which I do remember, yes, Yes, I'm that old and I do remember and that's why I feel qualified to do this show and make, make opinions on, a, on occasion. I, I hope I'm qualified in your eyes. <laughs> there's two sides to Andrew Wiggins. There's the mindset and there's the physical abilities. Same with Karl-Anthony Towns. Karl-Anthony Towns has the physical abilities to be a David Robinson who won MVPs and championships, and he was spectacular, particularly before the foot injury and then Tim Duncan coming in, which made him more in a number two role. Let's not think about injuries and number two roles from Carl Anthony Towns. Let's pray to God none of that happens. Go ahead and stay number one and be a David Robinson type talent. There's the ability to be a David Robinson type performer, which who was a spectacular player again before the foot injury. Okay, so remember that. On occasion, he has that mindset of a Chris Weber, who (laughs) <laughs> had some moments, but was never a spectacular player, and never was going to lead his team to a championship. He had some good seasons, but was never what a lot of people hoped he would be. With those, because he was constantly staying outside the arc. When he's not, that's not that's not the overall talent. That that's not <laughs> that's not you. Oh, that's not completely utilizing your talent, optimizing your talent, your abilities. So mindset, Chris Webber, talent, ability of David Robinson and now he's playing more like the David Robinson again blocking shots playing defense getting rebounds and of course staying inside and you got a field goal percentage that looks just sparkling I mean 10 of 17 and you had a 15 of 19 the other night that is a David Robinson type of guy and it's not like okay he's the next David Robinson he's the next David Robinson he's the next David Robinson Well, let him be Carl Anthony Towns shut up and stop comparing him it's not about that. It's about play like, the, play, play like the better one. The better one, man. Play like the better player. Play at the ability that you have, the capabilities you have. Play up to your capabilities is the main topic here. Andrew Wiggins has the ability to be a Dominique Wilkins talent when he drives the basket and he's aggressive. He has the spin moves, the athleticism, and hopefully he continues to bulk up. <laughs> because he, he has the ability to be that kind of guy. And of course, as he ages... He can you can continue. I mean, I, I, that jump shot is just going to get better and better as he ages. And he just he keeps playing the game and obviously practicing over the many, many, many years. That jump shot's going to get silkier and silkier. And you're going to see something. But utilize the athletic ability you have right now and go out there and be that type of guy. Because you have the ability to be a Dominique Wilkins type of player. But he plays with the mindset of a Rudy Gay. And that is not what you want to see. The, just the regular long jump shots. And even Rudy Gay is more aggressive at times than Andrew Wiggins. But I'm comparing him in a sense of maybe even like a grand Hill post ankle injuries. Where it's just mostly jump shots. And they don't all go in. And you're just a 21, 22 point a game guy. When you could be a Dominique type of talent. And that's what that's what I'd like to see out of Andrew Wiggins. And I do think he has the ability. It's a matter of... <sighs> the mindset. It's all in the head. It really is. Both of these guys. Could you imagine a Dominique Wilkins type and a David Robinson type together? What they could do in this league? And then you add a uh, a, a Zach Levine, who we'll talk about what he could be later on, at a later date. We're not going to get into that now for for, uh, sake of time. I'm really making a long segment here, longer than I expected. But I have a lot on my mind here, and this is what it's all about. Utilize your talents. And this is this comes on the coach, this comes on the players. Recognize who you could be. It's like you sit down, you watch what Andrew Wiggins could be very closely. You see two you see two people there. And even Carl Anthony Towns, you see two people there. Two. You see Chris Weber, you see David Robinson and Andrew. You see Dominique Wilkins and you see Rudy Gay. Which one's the better player? And which one do you want to be? That that's up to you, my friends. That's up to you. Okay? Andrew and Carl, that's up to you. Truly. Awards. Let's move. Almost a half hour point. Holy moly, man. That's a long first segment. Long. we got to get things moving here. Um, Alpha Wolf Award, Carl Anthony Towns with Ricky Rubio holding another one next to him. Carl Anthony Towns, a little bit stronger, official, overall version of it, but Ricky Rubio is going to get mentioned for it as well. Alpha Wolf to Carl and Ricky Rubio. As for the Johnny Flynn Memorial, I guess it's Belita. I mean, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. He, you know, his stats were good in the game, but he stinks. <laughs> you know? Okay, he had little putbacks in the game, and he made some free throws, but just those ugly three-point shots, I'm sick of looking at him. over 4. Can't stand it, and it's that's basically what you see out of him on a regular basis. And I'll continue to question Thibodeau on this one. Jordan Hill and Belica. You know, a guy who may want some veterans in there, and is talking about veterans when you have one on the roster. Is Jordan Hill that awful that he can't? minutes ahead of Belitza? Really? Is he that bad? Is he that bad? Or is he secretly injured super duper bad or what? I, I don't know. Fill me in on that one. I, I don't understand. You want to have a short bench like uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson mentioned about uh, Mr. Uh, Thibodeau with myself and also on a Scoop podcast? Okay, shorten the bench and play Jordan Hill. That's right. Wrap things up. Come back. Let's preview some games. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Should I be the good one or the bad one? Seems like a pretty easy choice to me. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number 2, preview segment, 4 games to preview. Let's get moving immediately. The Timberwolves will host the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday, January the 13th. Friday the 13th, watch out for Jason Voorhees, but also watch out for Russell Westbrook. Good luck with that, though. Triple-double, Oscar Robertson, blah, 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 blah. 10 rebounds, 10.7 rebounds, 10.5 assists, 33 points a game, just about after that Victor Oladipo start drop-off, but still a nice guy off the bench, or not off the bench, a nice guy, a nice number two guy, is what I'm trying to say, 16 points, that's not bad. Again, more reason for uh, Mr. Kevin Durant to stick around and have another go at the Warriors again. I still find that to be just a BS decision by uh, Mr. Kevin Durant. Could you imagine Victor Oladipo was your third option, and you still got Enos Kanter and Steven Adams? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Um, this could have been a very good team, and it's a shame. Right now, they're the sixth seed in the Western Conference. I'm not a Thunder fan. I want to kick their ass every time we play them. But you know what? I'd rather see them beat the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Hard- high- hardcore, man. I'd rather see them beat the Warriors. The Wolves matchup against this club, not my favorite matchup. Um, last time around, wasn't the best. It, it You know, the Wolves, yeah. The last couple of times, actually. The Wolves lose 112-100. On Christmas Day, yep, not not the best game you ever saw. In fact, the Wolves were almost never in it. But you got to see Jordan Hill, huh? And then the, the Oklahoma City Thunder score 112-92 on November the 5th, way back in the day. You got Then you got Friday the 13th, woo-hoo-hoo. And then Tuesday, April 11th, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. The Wolves host both of the, Both of those were in Oklahoma. I would hope better performances at home from the Wolves. I can't pick a victory, though. This is obviously a very strong team. I don't need to talk too much about them. I mean, you already know who they are for the most part. Roberson, the old, you know, the old, yeah, yet another solid defensive, a, a solid defensive shooting guard in this case. Another solid player who would fit in nicely with this team that uh, David Kahn traded away during the four million, uh, the bag of four million dollars night, draft, the draft night of 2011 when he Traded down, traded away, trade down, trade for cash, trade down, trade for cash to fire uh, Kurt Rambis to make up for the uh, buyout because obviously I think uh, David Kahn's feet were to the fire already uh, at, at that stage. <laughs> it just uh, was uh, two years away from that happening. Oh, darn. Actually, three years. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why we put up with that. Um, solid team, of course. Uh, not a good matchup for the Wolves. They played very well against us both times around. I do think the Wolves play better in this game. Who's the key to to, to beating the Thunder? Well, you'd like to see Andrew Wiggins. You'd like to see him step up and play well. You'd like to see Carl play well against these uh, big men down there. Stephen Adams and Enos Cantor. Of course, Enos Cantor and uh, Gorgie might both face each other for quite a bit. And then Stephen Adams and Carl Anthony Towns it's always a interesting matchup Carl um, Carl and Andrew played fairly well on Christmas Day both of them 10 of 20 from the floor so you're hoping for a little bit more going on uh Russell Westbrook did not get a triple double on Christmas Day that's funny but it is what it is um Adams killed the Wolves and that's not good and that's the reason one of the reasons one of the reasons we lost of course Westbrook is what he is and that's the case um can the wolves contain Russell Westbrook no <laughs> no Not really, Um, and it's not because I think Russell Westbrook's the best player ever, and it's not because I think the Wolves are the worst defense ever, but uh, kind of. (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns is the key to the Wolves' victory in this one. Um, He's going to have to outplay the big men and have to keep things rolling there. He's definitely going to need help from if Zach's healthy. I want to see Brandon Rush play extensive minutes in this game and to continue a solid play that will help the Wolves if this is a close game, it'll help the Wolves possibly come come ahead in this one. Of course, strong play from Shabazz Muhammad is a must off the bench. Um, if it's uh, Rush and Muhammad off the bench playing well, the Wolves may have a chance to win this one. So, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns and strong bench play will be absolutely important. And, of course, Gorgie Zhang, you're going to need more than six points out, out of him. You're going to need nice passes to him, you're going to hope, I mean, if you get a nice strong performance out of him, that would be great, but uh, that, those are the keys there, basically, down low play and off the bench, are huge keys to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, which you could say will be the case in most of the games coming up here, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks, the Wolves head to Dallas to start the, uh, the Texas two-step, Sunday, January, Sunday, January the 25th, the Texas two-step, the Wolves play, uh, Sunday, The 15th and Tuesday, the 17th, Dallas and San Antonio. (laughs) Okay, you get the idea. Texas two-step, we've been doing it for decades now. We've been calling it that for decades. It started with the Tom Hannemans of the world and others. Um, Yeah, we just played the Dallas Mavericks, of course. Uh, Watch out for Dirk Nowitzki. He's going to continue to do what he does. (laughs) I don't know if you're going to get only two points out of Wes Matthews again. Um, Please stay with him as best possible. Try to deny him the ball. That's a huge key, of course strong guard play, strong perimeter defense is a must in this game. Harrison Barnes, you know what, if he gets what he gets, whatever, as long as you can shut other people down in this one, the Wolves should be able to beat this team, even on the road. I think they can, and I think they will. I think the Wolves are a better club than the Dallas Mavericks at this stage, despite the fact they have dangerous players, you know, obviously on the perimeter and such. They got strong shooting everywhere, but inconsistent shooting, that's the one thing. It's interesting to see that Seth Curry is the top three-point shooter on that roster, but of course he doesn't have the moves and the and the, uh, the overall like ability to create space like his uh, older brother, so it is what it is, but I do think Seth Curry will continue to develop into a nice player in this league, and heck, I wouldn't mind him as a backup point guard off the bench for the Wolves. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be kind of cool, and you could see, yeah, okay, we'll worry about that when the time comes. We'll see what happens. Um, I think he will be a yeah he's becoming a nice backup point guard in this league spark plug off the bench but we do have Ty's Jones who can hopefully be that for us at least for the short term if not the long I think the Wolves will lose the uh, Oklahoma City game I forgot to mention the score might as well say one twelve again right because that's what the, the Thunder do no let's go with one oh eight to one oh four Thunder will win a close one but uh, yeah again the keys to the victory strong play down low and off the bench uh, against the Dallas Mavericks you know. Same. I mean, continue. Carl Anthony Towns needs to have another strong game against this club. And, of course, again, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio will be a huge key in this one, creating space with a great passing and such, and hopefully some nice outside shooting for the Wolves. And, you know, you just continue to outplay the shooting guards. It didn't seem to matter last time around but because the shooting guards were so bad, it didn't hurt us. Carl Anthony Towns down low, huge key, and Ricky Rubio creating space for others, and again, the bench play. I mean, I could continue to say that all week because that's kind of what's going on. You're playing big men all week. Of course, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder... Yeah, I mean, they have big-man big talent. Obviously, the best player is, is Russell Westbrook, but he's going to get his regardless of what you do. It's all about you know outplaying the bigger guys. This one against San Antonio, the Wolves will not win the game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Andrew Wiggins is not a good matchup right now. I, I wish it was, but it's just not. Uh, last time the Wolves played the Spurs was December the 6th. It was a 105-91 dominant win for the Spurs, who are second best team in the second-best team in the Western Conference, and they've pretty much been that all season. We'd like to see better. Andrew Wiggins, again, invisible in that game. Um, uh, You've got to have uh, Andrew Wiggins outplay Kawhi Leonard. It's not going to happen, so I'm not even going to talk about it. But even Carl Anthony Towns was rendered useless in the game last time around. Chris Dunn had a nice breakout party, but just about nobody else showed up other than Zach Levine, who made half his shots and 25 points. Now, don't get me wrong, Carl did get his rebounds, and even, even Wiggins was more, like, uh, what you call it, was more uh, versatile in the game. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, Gorgie Zeng can play as well as he did last time around, making 7 of 9 from the floor. Very strong performance. Missed a double-double by only 9 points. Uh, 9 rebounds, excuse me. By, he had 9 rebounds. I'm going crazy. Um, Gorgie. Gorgie will be a big key in this one, of course. Continued strong play for him, but you're going to need a better performance from Carl anthony Towns. I mean, he should be able to do something against that front line. They're not the best defensive front line, and they didn't even play well in the game. It was just Kawhi Leonard all the way, pretty much, and a little bit of outside shooting here and there. Nothing special from that Spurs team, and they still killed us, other than, of course, Kawhi Leonard, who's extremely special. The Spurs will win the basketball game, bottom line, in in San Antonio. That final score will be... That's going to be like 112 to... Uh, well, you know, I, I don't think it's even going to be that high scoring, unless Kawhi just goes crazy and somebody else. But... In San Antonio, I think it'll be worse. Yeah, it's going to be 110. It's going to be bad. 110 to 100. The Spurs win. Dallas game, the Wolves will win. It's going to be something of the likes of... I'm going to go with 105 to 98. The Wolves will win the game. And again, Carl, huge key. Carl needs to play better, and you're going to need strong play from Gorgie, hopefully, uh, in that one. And again, something, something off the bench. You're going to need help. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, you're just going to have to hope for the best. It would be nice to see him show up against Kawhi Leonard, at least get 20 points, be consistent, get, get to the free throw line, maybe get some fouls on Kawhi Leonard. Only one foul in that whole game by Kawhi Leonard. So that sucks. Uh, Andrew Wiggins dominated completely, 31-11 to 11 in that game. That is not cool. Wolves head to Clipperland, or actually they host them, I do believe. Nope, they do head to Clipperland. Thursday, January the 19th as we wrap up the previews. I hate this team. Nobody likes them. <laughs> They're not the top team in the West. They're not the second best team in the West, and Blake Griffin's hurt again. Surprise of the decade. What a shock. Just stunning that Blake Griffin's hurt. I, I can't believe it. Right knee surgery, that's not good. Um, it is what it is. That's a, That was December the 19th. DeAndre Jordan, the energy... That, Pain in the ass to deal with. Oh, boy, the Clippers scored 119 points on November the 12th. The Wolves managed to get 105 and lost big time. Um, this is a Thursday game, and that's a TNT game. That's cool. So we will be on national television against this club. That's nice. Uh, Blake Griffin led the way last time, but really it was a balanced effort, and Chris Paul does what he does, getting to the free throw line, getting all these damn fouls and all that, and that's what did the Wolves in. You saw more of a balanced performance. Wiggins didn't shoot that well, but still managed 22 points. Not the best. Zach Levine, not aggressive, and it just goes on and on. Rubio, not aggressive. Blah, 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 blah. The Wolves, the Wolves in order to win this game, somebody's going to have to majorly step up, and you're going to have to see a 30-point performance from a Carl, and Andrew, or a Zach something like that but you're probably going to need more you're going to need help you're going to need strong performances from multiple players in this game for the Wolves to win this game and for God's sakes, put a body on DeAndre Jordan if humanly possible. I mean the guy gets every freaking rebound. As of right now, I don't see the Wolves winning the game on TNT. I think the Clippers will win. 108 100 It won't be that bad of a game. The Wolves will stay in it. Carl, a huge key again in this one. But I'd like to see a lot I'd like to see more consistency out of Andrew Wiggins. I think he is a huge X factor for the Wolves to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, he's had some nice games against this club, and there's no reason why uh Luke Richard Mahamute should basically outplay him, which he did. Uh, he, he he kept Wiggins to 8 of 24. That's pathetic. And he managed to score 15 points, did Luke Richard Mahamute, on very strong shooting, <laughs> getting aggressive to the basket, 6 of 8. Andrew Wiggins needs to have a much stronger performance against this Clipper team. And I do think Gorgie Zhang will ha- have his way down low. I think he'll have a strong performance. But uh, overall, Wiggins and Zhang, I think, are the keys here. But, um, you know, you need... You need more. You need more from the bench. You need more consistency for the Wolves to win this game. Right now, I have the Clippers winning 108-100 at home in Los Angeles. So, there it is. That's the take at this point. The Wolves beat Dallas. They They lose three, though. Oklahoma... San Antonio and Clippers, not going to be a good week, but hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, and you get at least a 500 performance out of this one. The Clippers are playing phenomenal last time around. I don't see them playing as well, but I still think the Wolves can't win. I still don't, don't think, I'm not picking the Wolves to win the game, but this is the one I do reserve the right to uh, <laughs> be wrong about, if you know what I mean. There's a possibility the Wolves could win this game. Of course, with Blake Griffin being out, I think somebody like a Corgi Zhang could do something. And of course, you're going to need a better performance. You're going to need a competitiveness out of Andrew Wiggins in this game to show Luke Richard Mamute that last time around, it ain't going to happen again. That was total bull. So there it is. We'll wrap things up. Wolves go one and three in this coming week. Come back for some fan interaction right after this. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, third segment, fan interaction. Let's get rocking and rolling for the Twitter account. It is at Wolves Explosion at Wolves Explosion because Twitter or because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit on Twitter. So there you go. Thank you guys so much for the retweets. Levi and Tane retweeting the last show, one ep- uh, episode 186, two steps backwards, including Vince Germano. Thank you guys so much for that. I deeply appreciate it. Um, looking for some back and forth. here. I don't think there's too much, actually. No? Um, I had a conversation with... Uh, where'd it go? Uh, with HipCast a bit, because last time around, the show... You may have noticed the show pop up and disappear and all that. Uh, And it it took forever to transcode, too. It didn't come out until Friday at some point. The transcoding was stuck. So I had a conversation back and forth with HipCast. And they were very friendly about it. They respond right away on Twitter, which I deeply appreciate. And eventually the show did get transcoded. See, what happens is you upload the show onto HipCast. This is what the the say we use to get the show onto iTunes and everything else eventually. Uh, Like like Double Twist and Stitcher and all that. But uh, it goes onto HipCast and then they transcode it out there, out there to the, uh, the cyber world, you know, like, uh, you know, again, like the applications of iTunes and all that. So it transcodes. And then when it's done, then it's on iTunes, double twist, Stitcher, all that good stuff. So there it is. That's what took place. So it was stuck in the transcoding stage. And that's where the problem was. That's Twitter for now. Very quiet. Um, Timberwolves explosion, the Facebook page, a little bit different. Gonna give a quick shout out to flips army. Got to do that. Got to appreciate it very much. Cock like to talk, uh, during the in games and such. Sometimes I get vulgar, not towards people, but towards the game and the frustrations and such. Just is what it is. Great page, uh, started by Trevor Wickerin and others. Thank you so much for allowing me to post Timberwolves Explosion on the page. The least I could do is give you a shout-out and encourage others to join your page. Please do join the Timberwolves Explosion page. It would be greatly appreciated. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. All this information will be in the uh, show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Um, <clears throat> see if any responses to the last show. A little bit here. And I was, yep, I was talking about the uh, situation and I got a couple of likes for it. So no responses officially on the last show, but I did hear that uh, Vince loves the show. Thank you very much. I loved that last show. That it was really good. So thank you very much. That was in a private message. Um, see some conversations here in the visitor posts. Hank McCoy, making things quite interesting. I don't know why I didn't click like. My bad. Um, yep, I was talking about... Hmm. Oh boy. Yep. I was. Uh, he was. Uh, Hank was saying. This is, of course, the courtside podcast. I encourage you to check that show out on iTunes and Podbean out there. Both of them are applications you can use on any smartphone, smart device, tablet, whatever that's out there. Um, and you're. All, I also encourage you to join the uh, subscription for the one year uh, one year subscription. Twenty dollars to listen to the premium shows. And then there's free shows also on Podbean. They all all the free shows are on iTunes, and then Podbean has the free shows and the premium shows, so you buy your subscriptions through Podbean, but uh, if you just want to check things out first via iTunes, that's there too, and of course Podbean, blah, blah, blah. Let's continue. Hank McCoy says, and of course Hank and Vince Germano, great uh, hosts, great show, highly, highly uh, <laughs> recommended, and of course they're very, very good people as well from Australia. Hank McCoy from from uh, Sydney, Australia, and Vince Germano, from Melbourne, Australia. I've known them since 2012. Thank you guys so much. Um, uh, Hank says, Forgot to mention this last week when I, re- when I was reminded when I watched the Wizards game. Great to see Brandon Rush in the lineup for Coach Thibbs. He's had a rough few years playing behind guys in the Warriors and then a torn ACL, but he's looking quite good so far from what I've seen. If Rush and Jordan Hill can get some form, these vets could really help the Wolves compete in the future. I still want Thibs, or Tibbs I should say, to make some moves, but maybe if these guys can contribute, it could make a future trade down the line, a more focused one rather than trying to overhaul half the roster. Agreed. Both of these guys should be getting playing time, Hank. And Brendan Rush, you saw the value out of him. Uh, He's solid. He makes his shots. And he really played well in a game against the Houston Rockets when you figure, okay, we barely lost to them last time with Zach Levine in the lineup. Of course, maybe the hip injury started when uh, he was bumped by James Harden and he stepped out of bounds. But okay, I'm just messing with that one. But (laughs) yeah, um, Brendan Rush was solid in that game. And you know what? Zach Levine's stupid play in that Utah game made me sick. Now, uh, sometimes Zach Levine's IQ is is annoying to watch. He's got the best shot on the team, without a doubt, with the catch and shoot. But I think Brandon Rush is the second best shot on the team, and he actually might have a better one, but it's just that Zach Levine is such a skill set, blah, 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 that he's got a great future in this league. But you got to have veterans, you got to have reliable players off your bench, and maybe even spot starters, which Brandon Rush, I think, can do for this club. Jordan Hill should be playing instead of Nemanja Bialica. Period. End of story. Stamp that. I don't give a damn what anybody... What, what like, if Coach Thibodeau is 10 times smarter than me, I get that. Sure he is. Okay? Sure. But I'm smart too, damn it. And Jordan Hill should be playing. Sometimes there's common sense outweighs intelligence. Common sense to me is Jordan Hill should probably be getting more minutes than Nemanja Bialica. Nemanja Bialica does not offer that much. He gets a couple rebounds. He makes too many mistakes. He can't even stay on his feet half the time. He can't hang on to the ball half the time. And his... Three-point shot stinks. Okay, yeah, he made one. Yay. But he missed 12 before that. Or he missed 5 before that. Or he missed 4 before that. So, yeah. Okay, there. Let's keep moving. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not putting on a show. That is how I feel 100%. And I'm speaking for you out there, everybody here in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and in Australia, and in other places that love, like New Zealand, that love this Timberwolves team, and want to see a better product than this bull crap that we're seeing on occasion. You know, some, you know, every coach likes certain players or plays certain players instead of others that we disagree with. This is nothing new. I got angry a bit. Uh, Hank McCoy said, boo, nope, I think you're just in the eye of the storm, mate. What, what, what happened to my state? Did I, did I delete it? That's weird. Um, he says, uh, but yeah, I was basically pissed off at the Bono a bit, uh, saying that this team is not getting any smarter and I'm starting to question the coach. That's basically what I said. Hank McCoy says, boo, nope, I think you're just in the eye of the storm, mate. The fact you guys or even in some of these games, the season is is your progress. For the most part, the games the Wolves have lost have have, have been a fall apart in the fourth quarter. You've got to treat this season as a long-distance run, not a sprint. See, my thing is, I, I agree with all that, but the low IQ is what's really pissing me off, more than the the youth. That's what's bugging me a bit, and I'm kind of going into that a bit. Hank McCoy responds with, well, I would suggest, yeah, you know, when I was saying there's no progress, and stupid basketball doesn't impress me, and Hank McCoy comes back with... I would suggest you going back and listening to episodes laying a foundation and a different feel from this great Wolves podcast I listened to called The Rules Explosion. <laughs> f- f- failing that if you're still feeling that if you're still not convinced, I'm happy to trade coaches with you in Memphis. Yeah, I'm not that impressed with that coach either, but then again, they're, they're playing okay. But yeah, I, I, I hear you though. I hear you. Thibodeau is supposed to be the better coach. That's for sure. And I'm trying not to cough to death as my throat just dried up in a heartbeat. There, I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I'm back. I'm alive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just. Thank God for the cough button, right? And it's not Hank McCoy making me cough either. Ha! Mm-hmm. Huh. I was staying after the 11-0 run. Blah blah blah. I was getting emotional, and then he says, "I think fans sometimes have short-term memories. I could name a few games you guys that had no business being in last season." But just a quick reference, the Houston game a few weeks ago that you guys blew due to lack of experience for one. Yes, and luckily you had more experience with Brandon Rush in the game last time around. And that seemed to make a difference a little bit. And Rubio played way, way, way better. That helps when you have good point guard play. And Rubio plays at the ability that he was supposed to play when he first got in this league. And yes, he was young. He was young and he was this, he was that. Limited... But you know what? It's time to just be aggressive. Be more aggressive. Stop playing passively. And then you got a chance to win. Then you see some IQ out of Ruby. And you know what? That, that did help. And of course, Brandon Rush again. Extremely valuable. Hank continues and says, as an outsider looking in, I'm definitely seeing improvement. And yes, you did make a good reference to those previous shows. Yes. That's why I was kind of chuckling a bit earlier. Because <laughs> I was very excited. I saw progress defensively. It's the inconsistency of it, though, that drives me insane. That's kind of where my rants were coming from. But Hank goes, uh, as we start over, very briefly here. He says, as an outsider looking in, I'm definitely seeing improvement. The grind-it- out style of Tibbs is totally necessary at this point. His young stars need to get it. Wiggins has a little bit of a letdown at this point, but I find he always has a stronger and more aggressive second half of the season. And he does. He always does. Especially you know, it started with the rookie year. He got stronger in the second half last year, too. And the good part is if he's at 22 now and he has a stronger second half, there you go. Um, he, he had an extremely strong first couple of weeks, and then it just went down like, you know what? That pissed me off. Um, I was saying I appreciate you and all that, and, yeah, I agree with a lot of that and how Wiggins is hot and cold. Hank says, I'm just of the opinion if Wiggins could have came into this season, the way he went out last season, the record would, be, would reflect differently. Absolutely it would. But he's getting a great a education at the moment of what it means to be a superstar in this league. Effort and consistency. Absolutely. Effort and consistency is the uh, bottom line for the future of this team. 100%. Um, Hank McCoy has a trade machine idea coming up. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, I mean, consistency. And Wiggins, that's where the split personality comes in. I, I mean, I think Hank... Uh, Hank, I think... yeah Hank, sorry. I think Wiggins and uh, Towns have had a split personality this year. And I mentioned that earlier in the show, and that's the title of this episode, Split Personality, because that's exactly the things I've been noticing out of these guys for an extended period of time, and I'm kinda, I am kind of really hit the nail on the head with it on this show, in my humble opinion. I hope you like the presentation of it um, without it being like 9,000 statistics and, and, and breaking down seven hours of film time and time again on each player but I'm, I've been breaking down what I see. I watch, I watch closely, and I study. I sit and study like I did years ago in Target Center from uh, up in the upper deck, but still a very perfect view, though. Not obscured at all, and I could see stuff develop, and I learned so much about basketball back in those days. So let's continue. Hank McCoy says, just in regards to our talks over the past few weeks about training a guy like Rubio... To help the betterment of the team, I thought I had a. Be- I thought I had better back it up with an example of my own. Things to note: this is just a bit of fun, no one to get their undies in a knot. So yes, it's not like, yeah, trade Rubio now, get him the hell out of here. Not necessarily, but hey, his uh, trade value is probably kind of getting kind of high. He says, uh, he said Al- also, you would have to find the right team to trade with. I'm guessing a team that is still trying to find itself in the middle of a rebuild. Sometimes in life, you have to give up things you like in order to better yourself. In this case, Gorgie becomes expendable. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, we'll see what it says here. I'm still... <laughs> Sometimes in life... Yep, I already read that. I'm not taking into account draft picks. This is just player for player, and I agree. Well, yeah. I'm basing this trade off everything I've heard from Coach Hibbs this year. He wants vets and needs stoppers. The Suns get Rubio, Aldrich, Yang, and Payne. Wolves get Tyson, Chandler, Brendan Knight, and P.J. Tucker. hmm, 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 hmm. Hmm, Chandler. I, I don't know how much he has left. He he's all right. Great rebounder, shot blocker. The athleticism is gone. Um, he looks like a caveman. Brandon Knight, I like a lot. Some people in town don't like him. P.J. Tucker is solid. Nothing great. I don't know. I don't know. It seems kind of. Ex- I don't know. It seems kind of expensive. Uh, you're you're getting veterans in return. I'm kind of neutral on this one. I really like Brandon Knight a lot. Losing Deng would kind of suck. Uh, Aldrich and Payne are kind of you know at the at this point whatever that means hopefully playing time for Jordan Hill i wouldn't even mind throwing in bielitza and then that trade just get him out of here but i don't know maybe just keep bielitza as insurance um in case of injury but then again bielitza probably have to play now if you trade Zheng, hmm. well you have chandler and towns i guess down low okay so there you go and then jordan hill would have to play he has to play instead of bielitza coach uh, coach him it please and pj tucker's a solid uh Forward off the bench there, small forward type of guy. So I'm kinda neutral. I I don't know. I don't have a black and white opinion on that one. Other than I'd hate to see Jen go. I really would. Um I don't know if we're close enough to make a move for Chandler, you know? That that's I'm kinda leaning like, yeah. I, I'm having a hard time with that one. Zheng, yeah, just I don't know. I'm having a hard time letting go of Zhang, and depending on what you're getting back, like if it's you're getting like a big, 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 big player, like a Butler, and Zhang has to be a throw, has to be part of the deal, that might make me think more. um, Here we go. This is the Garnett thing with the Clippers. Yeah, I guess we'll wrap the show up with this. I might as well, huh? Because I kind of had a different take than a lot of people in this town, because I because I always do. 'Cause this town worships star players that they that they like. You know, you like a guy, you worship him, you just refuse to look at two at both sides of the equation rather than just, yeah, oh, oh, Taylor's evil and Garnett's the Garnet's God, you know. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay. Let's read what Hank said before I get going into it. He says, Forget the team's record. If there is one thing to be mad about this season, it's the wolves dropping the ball on this. Sure, Doc Rivers has connections to KG from the '08 championship and all the years in Boston, but the Timberwolves just had Garnett in the uniform. Look at you. Kevin Garnett hired by the Clippers as consultant. Yes. Kevin Garnett has been hired by the Los Angeles Clippers as a consultant, and it's kind of sad that I'm mentioning it now, but I guess, you know, there's just you kind of got to get into more of the current stuff with the Wolves going on. Of course, this is not Wolves-related anymore. It should be because, and it is Wolves-related. Yes, it is Wolves-related at the end of the day. I'm just saying, um, but like Yes, the Wolves should have Kevin Garnett around as a consultant. Without a doubt, he should be a consultant. The question becomes, what happened in the sit-downs with Glenn Taylor and Kevin Garnett? What happened? What was said? Um, Garnett has a history of getting pissed off. He does. He had a history going into the lockout room and messing up those, those, those negotiations, setting them back several weeks, and they never let him back in that room again in the negotiation room. I don't get the vibe Kevin Garnett is the best negotiator in the world. I I don't, which kind of scares me if he was ever an owner of the team a little bit. Um, Just a tiny bit. I don't even know where to go with that, actually, because Garnett would be on the other side, which would make things really interesting. I don't know what would happen with that. Um, It'd be very interesting. I, I think he'd be very loyal to certain people, and that might not always be a good thing because Glenn Taylor has been very loyal to certain people in the past, and that set the Wolves back. For years and years with the Kevin McHale not, not making a move on that one there are so many tentacles to this that you know I mean <laughs> this, this could go on for hours I could sit I wouldn't mind sitting down with Hank about this one we'd have to let each other speak freely I think on this one because it's the kind of conversation you could interrupt each other maybe run someone into the ground if there was like a fair back and forth conversation with me Hank maybe Vince uh, Vince and, and Marcus that'd be an unbelievable conversation I think Um, Me and Marcus are both, I think, in agreement on, you know, Glenn Taylor has many faults. Many, many faults. Again, being way too loyal to the Kevin McHales. um, Maybe, at times, disvaluing things a bit with Garnett on occasion. Maybe uh, not being as open-minded about having Garnett being a part of the, uh, the front office as Flip Saunders was. But... There has to be a but here. There are two sides to this. Glenn Taylor's attitude to this might not have been as good as flip sauners, and it probably wasn't. It's evident. But Kevin Garnett seems to have the personality when he doesn't get his way about something, he, just, he gets pissed off and turns his back, and that's it. And he holds grudges for years and years and years and years and years. We're talking many years after the trade. Kevin Garnett was asked, would you like to come back to Timberwolves? And he told the reporter, F, no. And I'm not saying F, he said the whole word. Um, He was holding a huge grudge. And then Flip Saunders comes back and, okay, sure, we can work this out, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a tragedy that happened. It's one thing if Flip Saunders got terminated by Glenn Taylor, which would have been the stupidest thing ever. But just saying, if he did, Garnett (laughs) would have more right, I think, to be pissed off. And I think he might have been mad at... uh, uh, Glenn Taylor back in those days as well. Maybe way all the way back to the negotiations back in 97. I think uh, the uh, relationship was scarred a bit. I think Garnett was playing way too much hardball in that negotiation. And that did not help. And of course his, his his agent was the biggest jackass ever. And we could go on with that for another 15 hours. Literally 15 hours about all that. I could do a show that would never end on all of that conversation. And it's not just bashing Garnett at all. It's not bashing Garnett at all. It's the agent. The whole situation was not good. But uh, that was not a good situation. That did not make Kevin Garnett look good. And I remember almost everybody in my high school all the way back in those days at Hopkins High, all the way back in those good old days, were not happy with Garnett that day. You know? They weren't all wearing the shades. And they weren't all drinking the Kool-Aid, the lime and blue blue raspberry Kool-Aid and just he's the best player in franchise history, like they say now, and blah, blah, blah. That does not give you a gold ticket to get every little thing you want, and, you know, end of story. End of story, the the red, the red carpet is open to you, blah, blah, blah. And I do think that's what Garnett wants, and it doesn't work that way all the time. It doesn't. Um, I don't like his attitude sometimes, and uh, he just, he he gets... So, so the loyalty might not be as perfect with Glenn Taylor as it was with Flip Saunders. So then, what does he do? He runs over to Doc Rivers, where the, that, thats the next guy where he was loyal to in Boston, and that's good. That's fine. Um, I know I'm kind of rolling all over the place at this, but I think Glenn Taylor could have handled it better. Sure, yes, he could have. I think he could have more of an open mind to things. I don't know really what happened in this conversation, but that's the vibe I'm getting, that he probably wasn't as open-minded as he should have been, but I get the vibe that Garnett is still holding grudges against Glenn Taylor about go back many years before um, when Glenn Taylor said, we need to trade Garnett way back in 07. See, at 97, that was a historic mark. 07, a historic mark. Now 17. Interesting. Oh, it's always in the 6s and 7s here, it looks like. Well, the 7s here, another move here. Now over to the Clipper land, and we'll see where things happen with that. Um, Nobody wanted Flip Saunders to die. Nobody wanted that man to die. Nobody expected that to happen. Even after he got sick, nobody was prepared to see this man leave this earth. I don't know. It's a shame to see things head the way they have. But there's always a chance, someday, if Carnett could please, please, Darnett, open your mind, too. Open your mind, open your heart to things, too. Glenn Taylor should open his mind and maybe we'll have a new owner and things can change one day because glenn taylor may want to sell the team at one point and now he can because the value is way up with the new tv contract that's why flip encouraged him to stick around yes you can see through that pretty easily can't you now you can see why because <laughs> taylor was almost going to sell the team about five years ago when flip before flip came um it's an interesting conversation we could go on forever with this uh Garnett needs to be, he needs to soften his heart a little bit, I think. I think he's a little bit hard-headed at times, and I think it's not good. Um, I think Thibodeau needs to soften up too, and I think that may have been something that wasn't, I don't know, there was a disconnect somewhere, and Garnett seems like the kind of guy, he does his thing, he has his thought process. And he doesn't answer the phone. And you could call him. I, I could see him as the kind of guy that wouldn't answer the phone. Like a Taylor would call him. Maybe Taylor shuts finally gives up and says, screw it, I'm not going to call him anymore. I don't have to. And then same thing with Tom Thibodeau. Um, and, of course, this new uh, front office. I've not heard good things about that either with uh, Sam Mitchell and such. I know Glenn Taylor was not happy with the move on Sam Mitchell and all that. But... That that's the other side of things here too. That it just it drags this story on and on. Like we could go on forever here. I'm already over my time limit, which well, there's no limit, but I'd I like to keep things around an hour if possible. We're already dragging things, but uh, I, I understand the frustration. I, I just wish I wish both sides could could open their minds, soften their hearts, have a real conversation, maybe have a real long conversation. But as of right now, that's not going to happen because he's a member of the Los Angeles Clippers organization. And we'll have to continue this subject later because it, it's going to come up again. Absolutely, there'll be more conversations. We can even talk about it on the next show. Uh, Garnett will always... There's always an open door to Garnett conversation on Terminal's Explosion because, yes, he's he's been a part of the organization on and off during the last 20 years. So 22 years, pardon me. So we will uh, wrap things up here. I want to thank you all very much for your loyalty to the show. Those of you out there that... If you could please write a review for Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes or Stitcher, I would really appreciate it. It only helps make this show attractive to new potential listeners out there. Please tell your friends about the show. Keep spreading the word about Timberwolves Explosion. This is not a Kool-Aid drinking show. It's not a Timberwolves hating show either. I mean, this is a show with a host that wants wants to win and wants to win and wants to win and wants to win. But I also do recognize that things take time, and they always do. And you can't have a team go out there and win 20 championships in 20 years. Of course not. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, you you can't win every year. And obviously, in this case, you don't win very – I mean, it's actually quite very – it's actually very – un. Common to win championships, even when you're a, a great franchise. It's still the percentage is not like 50% or anything. So <laughs> I recognize all of that. But nobody wants to see this team win more than me, man. I got to tell you. So please do tell your friends about this show. Let's wrap things up. Take care. We'll talk to you next week with hopefully a better than one in three record. <laughs>